Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a special edition of uh, the Film Find. Uh, a little bit later than we uh, had initially planned, but we definitely wanted to get it out this week because you guys have been so patient. Uh, show's been kind of a uh, little bit lackadaisical as of late, uh, basically because of the holiday season and all that. You got Christmas and you got New Year's and stuff gets put on top of stuff. And then we have so many other different things to review. And so a lot of things kind of get put to the side for a little bit. But uh, I've been wanting to get this one out for a little bit now. It's been kind of sitting on the back burner here. And uh, I felt it needs to get out. So this is my interview with uh, comedian Johnny Miltwater. Uh, we're going to talk about movies and all kinds of stuff, as I did with the Chesney episode, which I got a lot of nice uh, feedback from you guys on. So I appreciate that. Uh, any more feedback or anything, the film find at gmail.com. Or if you yourself would like to be a uh, interviewee on this show, I've had another uh, person already uh, express some interest in stuff. So, uh, hey, but especially if you have like a, you know, a different kind of outlook, uh, you know, you brought up weird or something, or uh, you have very eccentric uh, tastes or whatnot, uh, you know, contact me the film find at gmail.com and uh, we'll set up something and we're going to drop these uh, sporadically throughout and stuff because uh like matt uh, matt and i said on the last podcast and everything 2015 or 16 rather because you're still used to calling it 2015 2016 is going to be a really big year we're planning on putting a lot of uh, diverse uh, material out there and stuff like that. So if you have anything, uh, just hit us up, thefilmfind at gmail.com. Uh, so sit back and relax. I did this uh, a couple uh, couple of weeks, maybe even a couple of months back at this point, uh, with Johnny Millwater. Great guy. Uh, super positive about everything. And I've known Johnny for probably, oh gosh, probably about like eight, nine years at least at this point. Uh, so I think we have a really good conversation about movies, and I hope you guys enjoy it. So uh, full episode coming up very soon. Uh, we're going to be talking about The Revenant. Uh, I finally saw Point Break, so uh, God help us all. And, uh, you know, a couple other things, so we're going to be talking about that. So stay tuned for the new episode coming up very soon. But until then, enjoy this uh, interview here with Johnny Millwater. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Film Find, the greatest movie podcast ever. But assuming you've never listened to a movie podcast before, I am your host, Adam Portress. And we're back again with another offshoot kind of episode here. So this is not a regular episode, as I'm sure that you've probably figured out by looking at the uh, the title. Non-canon. Non-canon. This is out there. Uh, so this is yet another uh, one of our kind of little uh, interview series type thing. Uh, I am joined today. Oh, that was a nice cutoff, dude. Right? That that worked. 
Holy smokes, I don't even believe that happened as well as that did. Holy cow. It's a fine piece of music. It's not too shabby. Uh, so the other gentleman that you hear on the mic here is Mr. Johnny Millwater. Johnny, welcome uh, to the uh, the studio. As hello, it Film Finders, and hello, Adam. Oh, man. So, uh, yeah, we're, uh, so we're, we're, we're coming back again. We're going to do another kind of interview thing. This is something I want to do on a more regular basis, is get people in of all different kind of walks and lifestyles and all this kind of stuff and find out, you know, what people like. You know what? What are what are the movies? What are the things that kind of drive you um, and have kind of made you who you are? Because I think that uh, we're all we're all influenced by movies in some way, and it kind of forms who we are as a person. And whether or not that you know that that's a thing, I honestly believe that's a thing. I absolutely agree. So I think it's um, where we find our values now. In in a lot of ways, you're absolutely Popular right. Entertainment, where we figure out our behavior, figure out what matters to us, figure out. Uh, yeah, our values. Hundred uh, percent. So, so Johnny, tell people a little bit about uh, kind of who you are and what you do, sir. I see. I'm a stand-up comic for coming up on twenty years mm. in July. Uh, performed in all fifty states. I've uh, had a great deal of uh, obscurity. I, I've enjoyed <laughs> that a lot. I have no fame whatsoever, uh, but I've been able to work nonstop doing stand-up, living out of my car and out of my apartment, and just uh, out of a suitcase since I was seventeen years old. I travel all across the United States, and right now I do most of my work uh, on Carnival Cruise Lines. Living the dream. You know it. I got to say, man, I mean, if there was anybody um, that, I, that I just know would kill it on Carnival <laughs> and any of these cruise ships, I know that you would, because if Johnny is one of, like, I mean, you know, you're, I, I like your comedy, but you are more, you are one of the biggest entertainers. Just even fuck comedy altogether. <laughs> just from an entertainer standpoint, I even like I've seen the most raucous crowds shut the fuck up and listen to you because you just demanded their attention well, and they were just like kind. this guy is on stage and like they couldn't stop looking at you because they were just like because you because literally you almost demanded it of them without saying so many words but they were just like look at this guy is just big as life he is on stage and I I have to even if. If nothing else, they shut the fuck up and they listen to what you had to say. That's one of the things of being on the road, man. I've been playing bars and places where you really have to demand attention my whole life. Very kind of roadhouse where you're sitting behind some chicken wire. Exactly. <laughs> Country and Western. We play both types of music. I do both kinds of comedy, loud and funny. Oh, man. But no, it's so, uh, yeah. That, thank that's, you. It's very kind. That's very, I mean, I got to say, I mean, 20 years, I mean, that's impressive. I mean, the, the comedy game chews people up and spits them out and... Uh, you know, all that kind of shit. So. I've been very lucky. And the movie's been a big part of it, too. That's one of the great things about the job is you have time during the day to really <laughs> absorb. Like, when I started out uh, doing comedy, I would drive, you know, eight hours for a week to do a Friday, Saturday, whatever. And I would make audio recordings of movies, you know, cassette oh, tapes. okay. And I'd listen to those in the car and just to keep me company on long trips. Uh, like When Harry Met Sally or old Dr. Katz episodes or Pulp Fiction or uh, Clerks. Oh, just wow. as really dialogue-based movies were a very big part. I didn't like listening to the radio. I didn't like commercials. Right, right. And it was before you could, Pre, you know, just... Pre-podcast days exactly, and everything. Exactly. It was before Film Find. I had to make my own <laughs> entertainment. So I would just sit there and hold the tape player up to the TV, which would play a VHS tape, and then I would listen to it in the car over and over again, learn all the lines. That's that's awesome. I don't, I don't, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that, but that sounds... Like something that I would do. <laughs> I still do. We do like an MP3 rip. I still have, uh, like almost every night, I listen to some kind of movie or a play or something. Hmm. That, uh, something I think is well written. It's one of the concepts I have is I'm hoping that if I put enough good writing in my head, eventually I'll put good writing you out. Gotta, you got you to gotta spit it out eventually. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that, that's what I do. I mean, like, you know, I probably listen to about 8,000 podcasts a week and then it's just wow. like eventually something's going to come out to be good. <laughs> one day we'll get there. Just um, make sure you 
put nothing but quality in. I have a uh, something I do now, and I highly recommend it to everybody. We're not just watching what comes out this year now. Now we're at a place where we can watch any movie or any television show, any radio show that's mm-hmm. ever been released. Absolutely. So everything is competing with everything that's ever been put out. So I don't put anything in my head now unless I have at least three people tell me it's great. Hmm. Uh, and that's been, it served me very well. I don't watch TV series unless I have three people say, dude, you got to see this series. And then I wait till the series is over and I watch the entire thing. They just hit it and then, and then that's it. And chances are I watch the entire thing again. And I'm trying to not put any mediocrity into my head. Hmm. It's... It's possible. It's really possible. Now I've never run out of things. No, it's a, it's a good point that I mean, and, and I think somebody, I, like I heard somebody say once, like um, in the past, like you know, like three years or something like this. Something I, I the dates are the times are whatever, but like in the past three years and stuff, more median has been created than has been created up, you know, up until that particular point. I absolutely believe it, especially with podcasts. It's it's astounding the stuff that is out there. So yeah, I mean, and if you, I, you count do people's to... blogs and you count people's uh, you know, essays they put online and just news articles anything i mean this I, I absolutely believe that the fact that anybody takes like i mean i'm always astounded with you know with, with with both podcasts that i have that you know anybody takes the time to listen to it and like and when you find out that you know several thousand people listen to things it's just like all of a sudden it's oh shit wait a minute so it's this amazing. is kind of being a thing <laughs> and it's like wow people will take the time out of their day to do this and that's the other great thing is everybody can connect with the entertainment they have now it doesn't have to be as broad you can do a very specific product that you want to do and you'll find your audience i've been told i haven't found mine yet but that's <laughs> that's 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 been my watchwords for well years. that was a, that was our big thing that that's how hero movie podcast came about was that you know sean bruce and i got together and reviewed captain america on the mm-hmm. film find and you know, and and Sean brought up, and he just goes, "Hey, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be something if we just did a a podcast that was just about superhero movies?" And I was just like, "Well, that's just dumb enough to work." <laughs> There's definitely enough to choose from, and 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 it was, and, and and that's how we and we started out initially, and it was kind of like almost in every other, like let's do like maybe you know one a month or two a month, mm-hmm. and it quickly escalated when we sat back and looked at what we had. It was just like like the availability of things that were out there and kind of related material. We were just like. Dude, we can do this every week easily. <laughs> There's so much stuff to, to choose from. And, uh, yeah, it's it's a nice problem to have in a lot of ways of never running out of stuff to watch. And the quality is amazing. Uh, the, the superhero movies now are just... I, I haven't seen one I haven't... I've disliked since Catwoman, I think. <laughs> well, and here's the thing, too, is that at the same time, uh, a lot of... Um, well, at least from, from our perspective, going back and doing like a lot of the really shitty ones... It is a lot of fun too. I mean, Doctor Strange from 1977, 78 is. I didn't know there was one. Oh my God. It is, it is like, it's honestly, it's one of our best episodes that we ever did over there because it's so damn funny. I mean, it, it's a made for TV movie. They wanted to put a, an actual series out and it didn't work. Uh. And because it was just, it was awful. It is so much fun to watch because it is, I mean, it's all on YouTube. It's a complete and utter disaster, but damn it, it's fun. <laughs> and it's one of the things that we reference uh, back to quite often. Uh, and and if, if anything, just watching enough to listen to the episode, or or if you listen to the episode, I've heard we we've had um, listeners actually email us and say, "Hey, I listened to your episode, and because of that, I watched this movie, and it was at least more hilarious to me as opposed to." You know, grinding teeth. There's <laughs> something like that. There's something else to put on the t-shirt. Better than grinding teeth with Adam Portridge. <laughs> so, uh, so let's. Uh, so I, I like to. Uh, you know, I, I don't have a strict format for this thing yet. We're still. It's it's uh, it's in infancies, as it were. Mm-hmm. And uh, so let, let's talk about uh, what what is your first 
memory that you have of actually, you know, like what's the first memory that you have of watching a movie? What's the first movie? My, you my ever parents remember? took me to see uh, in one summer in Pennsylvania, Hershey, Pennsylvania, where my grandparents are from. Uh, we went and saw E.T. and we went and saw Back to the Future. And those are the first two movies that I remember. Not a bad way to start. Definitely not. Definitely <laughs> not. And I was just completely blown, blown over. I mean, I, I, all I remember is crying a lot in E.T. Mm-hmm. and standing up and cheering at the end of Back to the Future and getting yelled at for, for <laughs> making noise in the theater. Cause I, I just had a hard time sitting still for anything. But, uh, yeah, just the emotional impact of E.T. It's still one of those movies where I feel like it's like the first ten minutes of Up. If you watch E.T. all the way through and you yeah. don't cry, that's how we know you're a Cylon. It's, it's very There's easy. something about you. I mean, because every time, every fucking it's time. It's incredible. And especially as a little kid, you don't want to be seen crying at all. But it was just, I was in tears. Just. To me, the biggest thing with E.T., though, mm-hmm. is, is and, and what I think, and I'll get your take on this, because I, I don't talk to enough people about this. But the part that gets me more than anything, because I think a lot of people, you know, the obvious kind of go-to for the crying is going to be when he's dying. Mm-hmm. I don't really cry during that part. For me, it's when the ship's taken off. The ship's taken off and he's leaving. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Thank when, you. Finally. When, okay, when, when good. they're being separated. Absolutely. That's. I mean, it's. It's. It, you're sad. It's a bummer that that part. Yeah. Uh, when he's dying, but it's the the separation. But it's it the is choice. This... It's the choice he made. He's abandoning him. Maybe. Yeah. Exactly. And it's just like then the one uh, this this little odd outcast kid and the one you know non even non human but the other kind of being that actually gets him mm. is leaving. He's gone. And uh, you know They're alone again. Damn it! It's good. Both of them alone again. Uh, and I'm, I'm so glad that Spielberg kind of reneged on everything and is just like, look, I'm never touching anything that I do from now on. I've learned my lesson. I'm so glad somebody learned that lesson. Uh, other people haven't. Yeah. But uh, hey, I, well, I'm sure we'll talk about it at some point. But yeah, we'll, we'll get uh, there. sounds like it's, uh, we got another nice uh, non-special edition possibly coming at the end of this year. I heard it came out on iTunes just earlier. No, it, it's, it's still. It's still a special edition? You still, still got your CG Java? Fucked up. Yep. What? I thought it was uh, the, the promise was the just remastered no cg no i think you're i think we have yet another java actually ah i think this will make java number four that's uh unnecessary because it looked like crap then it was slightly less crap then slightly less crap it still looks like crap but it's just still now slightly less crap i like the muppet java i you know i i, I like the give me 25 guys in a suit that, yeah that that was great we we don't need them in the first one though i mean there's just no such a such a waste what i have like to I, reiterate I, the scene that we just saw yeah Wait, okay. <laughs> I, I I download like uh, I think it was out of Hong Kong or something. But a, a friend of mine, not me, because you have thousands of listeners, and some of them surely work for the FBI. Surely, but a friend of mine <laughs> uh, downloaded uh, just the old VHS copies, and that's what I watch. It's just the, the picture quality is not perfect, but at least it's not messed with. Yeah. Well, one of the ones that I was I was surprised about just before the uh, the Blu-ray announcement. Um. I bought, like, this is back in, you know, somewhat of the still kind of Wild West days on eBay where I bought, like, the laser, <laughs> they t- they took the LaserDisc versions and put them onto DVD. Good. And did it quite well, actually. So maybe not the highest of quality, but it's anamorphic widescreen. It's, it's not cleaned up, but it's not dirtied up with, you know, shit that ain't supposed to be there, yes. you know? Uh, but that was, uh, so, so well, while we're on that track, what was, how was... I'll never understand that choice. <laughs> I just I I don't get going back. I mean, I can understand wanting to do it for yourself, but not yeah. leaving the originals out there to be picked up when they're so beloved. It's you know, I mean, it is. It's it's a guy that just decides you know he doesn't want anyone else playing with his ball, you know. 
He's just like, this is my ball. I should be able to do whatever with my ball, what I want to do. I mean, if yes, it's a kickball, but yeah. if I want to play, you know, softball with it, I should be able to play softball with it. Well, this is a not sharky, a softball. Grab a sharpie, draw a dick on it. It's your ball. It's yeah. your ball. Do what you feel like. But everybody loves that ball. No, not it's your not ball your anymore. Ball anymore. Yeah. yeah, but it's not. It, it's, it's just ridiculous. Now it's the world's ball. Well, thank God, though. I mean, like, I think this Disney acquisition is probably going to be a great thing. And then what a classy way to handle it, too. Lucas really, I mean, what was it, $3 billion, and then he gave it to charity, they just, something like that? Yeah, he gave it all to, like, to, like schools and shit. Ah, uh, fantastic. He's just like, look, you know. I, I almost feel bad bitching about the sequels, but I, I can't stop. But, yeah. Well. But he's forgiven. He, he, is, he is karmically balanced for, for all those choices. It's a weird thing um, because it, it's happened to me twice uh, yeah. at, at Star Wars Celebration. So the first one that we went to, well, this first one we went to was in Indianapolis, and that was when um, Episode 3 was coming out. And then when the, the big anniversary of, of Star Wars 77 came out, uh, that was in L.A. So we went out to L.A. specifically for that. We turned it into some other things, but that was that was fun. And we literally day and date went to uh, the Chinese theater to actually. Watch. It was it was we were watching like twenty eight weeks later, whatever the hell yeah. sequel it was. I was just like, "Fuck the movie." You got to understand, Chinese theater. This is the this is the the day and date, the anniversary of when Star Wars came out, and this is the theater. So this it made a. I mean, and, and here's the thing: even if your movie sucks. You can look around that theater and just go, what the fucking hell? You look at this place. It. You can feel it. There's magic. And I'm so glad I got there before they fucked it all up. Did they change it? It's um, they, They've they've converted some stuff to an IMAX. They changed a lot of stuff. Uh, and I don't, I'm, I'm glad that I got there before the big uh, whatever the fuck they did. So I'm like, no thank you. Speaking of disappointing sequels at the, at the Man's Chinese, uh, on my honeymoon in 2003, we went up there to uh, see The Matrix Reloaded mm-hmm. at the Chinese theater. Uh, and that was one of the highest expect. I mean, that was the only movie that's disappointed me more than the prequels uh, that I can ever think of. <laughs> it was, was a huge just, build up for it, sure. It, it, well, I mean, the first one's such a masterpiece. I mean, that was, I think it was 1999. Yeah. And not only a masterpiece of a movie, but it, it changed the way I saw marketing about film, too. Just that, that, what is the Matrix? The whole idea of not giving everything away in the previews and half of the draw wasn't. You didn't know what the movie was going to be. Yeah. Uh, you just knew it was going to be cool. You've seen some like weird stuff, and you're like, what is yeah. this? And let's you know get into that. But when we were at L.A. for that thing, you know, uh, Lucas came on oh. and did a, a, a panel. He did a thing, and it was uh, interviewing some, uh, some cat was interviewing him or whatever. And as much animosity as we had uh, with, um, with Lucas, it all went away. Yeah. Like the second that you saw him on stage and it was, you saw this guy who was responsible for so much of your joy as a kid. It comes back. And it was just like, you took all of the bullshit away and it was just like, okay, what the, this is the guy who fucking made Star Wars, right? And it was, it was astounding. It was astounding. And then, you know, the second that things were over, he's just like, yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> but, you know, but yeah. at the same time, it was, and, and the same thing happened, um... He uh, he went to the one that we uh, that I went to most recently, the fifth one in uh, Orlando, mm-hmm. and he was there too. Got interviewed by John Stewart, and I love that John Stewart is the nerd that he is. And let me tell you, that interview and shit just proved it. Like a thousand, it's just like you knew that this was not a guy who had somebody write some shit for him. No, no, no. Who you know just no, he came on stage and he had like legit ask preschool questions oh yeah that are just like let me tell you what what about this shit (laughs) all right and and honest to god lucas could he gave kind of a half-assy sort of answer but it still was just like you were like 
I have so much respect for you that you just like you kind of in a John weird Stewart way stood always up always comes correct he never underprepares it He's, was astounding he does the work <laughs> he, that's why that's, I'm going to miss him so much I, I would watch that show I watch the Daily Show probably every episode since he's hosted, I've downloaded and watched at some point, and I don't care about the news at all. And I yeah. find politics disgusting, but the the just the production, the 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 work that he does, it's so consistently strong. And another point on uh, Lucas, uh, something I heard. There's a guy named Al Snow. He's a professional wrestler, and I, I I met him once, and I asked him what makes a great bad guy. And I think why people are so mad at Lucas is because of this. He says a great bad guy gives the people what they want and then takes it away. Yeah, and I think that's why Lucas became the villain because he gave us everything that we wanted. He brought our dreams together, like you said, and then tainted it and it made us ten times worse than him if he just made a bad movie. No, I mean that's Star Wars. I, I think that's very accurate. I mean, it was just you know, like, hey, here's this thing that you you love and everything. No, not yeah. anymore. It's not. No, just kind of a thing. So, uh, so, so, like, kind of ET and back to the back to the future. The that's first, just yeah. that is a slam bang. Yeah. Holy crap, that's a home run. <laughs> it's always it's always pairs. Like the other one is a 1999. It was a big year for movies for me. That's where everything changed. The Matrix. Uh, in one day, I saw The Matrix, Office Space, and Payback. I did like a triple play. Oh wow! Yeah, and and all three of those were. And they're all very different too. Oh, yeah, that's absolutely. what's so great. And I didn't know what to expect in any of them, and they were all very high quality. Say what you will about Mel Gibson, and it's all been said, but uh, he's a great actor. God delivers it, man. Yeah, he does. When, when, when asked to deliver, it is it is delivered, but good. Yeah. And, and, I mean, and that movie certainly he's does a badass. it. He's badass. He's a complete badass. He's a, he's a villain. It's great. It's great to see I think play. they went through and recolor-timed everything for the DVD or yeah, something. Yeah, so there's a new special edition, something like that. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I liked it. it blue. I thought it looked good blue. I, I, I liked it, too. I think they made. I think they went through and like made it warmer again. I mean, yeah. they did the same thing to The Matrix when yeah. when they reintroduced that on uh, like Blu-ray, was they recolor-timed everything to be more It was deliberately colored-timed incorrectly. Half of it was supposed to be green, and then the real world was supposed to be blue, right? Yeah, but they well, and the thing was, is well, they color timed it to really match the 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 sequels as much uh, for some weird reason. Why uh, I, I don't really no know. Sense. I mean, it's not look. I mean, it's not putting a CGI Jabba in the no no but shop still, by any means. But still, my best. <laughs> I mean, ah, the sequels. What happened? I've never been able to put my finger on why those don't work as well. Here's the thing: when I what what I um. I don't, I'm like, trust me, I'm not the biggest of fans in the world by any stretch of the imagination, mm -hmm. but I don't hate those movies as much as everyone else does. And I think a lot of that kind of comes from a couple weird things, and, and it's been a while, I'll be honest. But um, between, so you had The Matrix uh, 2 and 3, Reloaded and Revol Rev Revelations, Revolutions, whatever Revolutions. the fuck. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> and... Between those, you had. Um, did, did you follow any of the Animatrix stuff? I did. I saw the Animatrix DVD. So those things were those were really good. Those added a kind of really interesting. M most of them were good. Yeah, they were, about half and half for me. Yeah, a couple are like, eh, that's not so much, and then yeah. a couple are like, it was eh, nice that's experimentation. Good. It was good to see you know different artists uh, take a take on the world, but. And then, but the big thing to me also was, and, and this is it's so weird that I had as much enjoyment out of it as, as I did. But at the time, there was an Xbox game called Enter the Matrix. Yeah, that was a, that. the parallel story, which I, I kind of, I don't know, it made me appreciate the movies more than than what was there because you saw literally another half of a movie mm -hmm. that you got to be in, you got to control that movie. And that was a, what was the character Ghost? And Ghost and uh, I don't know, James Pinkett Smith and the other yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah. 
But uh, I, I don't know. It was cool. I thought they did it really well. It was immersive. And, it was good to be in that world and sort of see. And I thought that was neat and that you could go back to the movie and stuff and kind of, you know, and yeah. if you played the game, you knew the kind of back stuff. That, I mean, ultimately, it's not, you know, it, it, it's the thing is that, you know, when, you, when someone hits it out of the park mm-hmm. as well as you do with the original, you're almost, you know, it's almost impossible to do a follow-up that's going to be anywhere near as good. I mean, you have your rare exceptions of like, you know, for your Empire Strikes Backs mm-hmm. where it is, just comes in. And, and if you were to ask me, though, really, you know, I'm... I still have to put the original Star Wars just ever so slightly ahead, but that's that's more of a that's more of a personal thing than I think probably a movie thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know you have you have those rare occasions where that sequel, your Terminator Twos, but Terminator's a great movie. It don't is. don't ever and Terminator Two is an even better movie, and everyone since then is crap. Yeah, but but a lot of people just go ah that Terminator it's 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 good, but you know then the Terminator Two I'm like but the, the Terminator One is like a how heartbreaking movie. That they would take that away from James Cameron. This, this again, it's that George Lucas situation. It's like somebody, if somebody completely different than him made Raiders or made uh, Revenge, <laughs> the third movie, Revenge of the Jedi, but yeah. it's not called that. Return of the Jedi. That's the one. <laughs> the one with the original job. Okay. But I, 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 I don't know. I was just so heartbroken by that. But the original Matrix was such a mind blower. I mean, that was a powerful, visceral. Not only was it visually different than anything I'd ever seen. The Kung Fu was something I'd never seen in an American film before. Yeah. Uh, I had no idea what to expect with the Kung Fu. Uh, plus, the scene where he, he... Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it. The scene <laughs> Who where, are you, by yeah, the way? It's, it's been a while. It's been 15 years. about time to, <laughs> to step up. But uh, when, he's, I mean, when he first gets into the real world, he sits up in that... Uh, in the in the pit, in the purple goo, and right. the tube comes out of his throat. I mean, I almost threw up. That was one of the most visceral, <laughs> powerful images it's I had so ever seen. It's so slimy and, and just... Mo- it was, it, I was appalled. I was horrified. I, I, it was such an intense feeling. And none of the other movies had anything like that. And such a just great shot where it's just like where, it, you know, you peer down and it's just this infinite level of mm-hmm. human beings, you know, just powering this system and everything. And I think the metaphor was so powerful. That's probably, I mean, the vis- the idea of something down the throat is pretty scary too, but just the idea of how little it matters. Yeah, it's just like you are this one cat amongst yeah. what is at least billions worth of, of people. It's uh, pretty insane. And a perfect visual image. Where I mean, you know. The, the, those those cats fell off big time yeah. <laughs> in a lot of big bad ways. Um, so, what were you? What were you kind of like? Uh, what'd you like growing up? What was your kind of? Uh, what was your big movie thing growing up? Well, my favorite movie to this day is The Princess Bride, uh, and that was another one that uh, my sister, who's also a comic, her name's Kim Harrison. Uh, she brought it home one day, and I was the same age as Fred Savage's character at the time. So <laughs> I had the same reaction. I didn't want to watch it. I thought it was a girl movie. As a princess, what are we doing? So I was with him every step of the way. Uh, with every every complaint that he had about the film, I had the or the story, I had the same exact complaint. Um, but then by the end, I was completely on board as my favorite movie, and I've seen it probably two, three hundred times since then. I know it. I can do all the voices. I, I think that's inconceivable. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, not bad. <laughs> but it's it's uh, that's one that moved me a great deal. It's it's one that sort of built the values of uh, monogamous love. In my head, that, that that's what you look for. True love. That's, yeah, yeah. And I think that's... Yeah, that's I have yet, and if you were this weird person, thefilmfind at gmail.com, <laughs> I have never met a person who dislikes that movie. Have you? I can't think of a Not that one. I can remember, and no. if I did, I probably defriended them very quickly. Where it's just like, that movie sucks. Who, who, who are you? <laughs> I've met a lot of people who have refused to watch it for the same reasons, just because the marketing, it looks like it's a princess movie. I know a few. 
Hmm. But uh, I don't know anybody who's watched it and goes, yeah. Yeah, the kid just goes, that's no good. good. Love and your giants and get the fuck out of here. I don't need any of this garbage. Believe Ah. it. (laughs) Just yeah, Rob Reiner's another one. He's I can't think of three movies he's made that weren't great. You got your Stand By. What was the first couple? You got Stand By Me. You got Stand By uh, Me. You got your Harry Met Sally. You got your uh, Spinal Tap. Yep. Uh, I think Story of Us is when it started to fall apart. (laughs) But every movie made before that, I was just. Right on board right away. I knew it was going to make me feel. So, like, now, as as a comedian, and, and I kind of got into this in our, in our last uh, uh, interview uh, show with uh, Chesney, what were kind of, uh, what what do you, were there movies that you think influenced you as, maybe not necessarily as a comedian, but maybe your comedic sensibilities? Absolutely, yeah. Um, let's see. Aladdin was a big one, believe it or not, uh, when I was very young. I Just the Robin Williams timing, the... The, the constant movement, the constant. Hey, uh, I can no, I can I can see that. I can see yeah. that. Um, trying to boy. That's yeah. All the Disney movies when I was starting out, when I was a kid. Uh, there's one movie called Mr. Saturday Night that poisoned me forever. You ever see that one? <laughs> yes. If you want to be a comedian, you want to be sad forever. That was a great that, one. That's one way to do it. Yeah, it's a it's a movie about Billy Crystal playing a character who. Lives his whole life doing comedy and never reaches the level of fame that he wants, and he poisons every opportunity he has. It's basically every comedian's worst nightmare. Yeah, that influenced a lot of my choices early on. Speaking of stand-up movies, then uh, you know, uh, King of Comedy itself. King of Comedy. I didn't see that for years uh, <laughs> until after I started doing stand-up. But that's an excellent movie. And what's amazing, but it's more relevant now than it was when it came out. And now it would work. It would work if you kidnapped yeah. that. I mean, if you followed the the map laid out by that, you would be a celebrity. You would be famous as a comedian. It's an actual, usable path. <laughs> you heard that You heard that here, kids. Go out, buy yourself a copy of King of Comedy, and do and, and, and do, do so. Just make sure you don't get Taxi Driver. That wouldn't work yet. Yet. <laughs> yet. Yeah. Give it no, time. King of Comedy. If you want to see Sandra Bernhardt being good, it's your only option. Sandra Bernhardt like, had some really... Uh, there's there's a lot of like really I think you can look probably on YouTube but some really great stuff of her talking about that and her kind of experiences with Scorsese yeah. and stuff uh, re- really interesting uh, kind of work. What are what are some of the um, have you ever gone through uh, Ghostbusters like, is another big comedy. Form. Pl- okay. I watched that twenty or thirty times. Oh man, uh, yeah, Ghostbusters, pretty much anything with the old SNL guys, Blues Brothers, Ghostbusters. Uh, that influenced my timing. It influenced. I, I became kind of a Belushi-ish character in my own stand-up comedy. Uh, or John Candy movies. I saw Uncle Buck 50, 60 times, planes, <laughs> trains, automobiles. Uh, he made one, what was the one where he was a private detective? It's like, uh, who's Harry Crumb? Yeah. My dad loved that movie. I, I watched it again recently. It's not that great, but I watched it 30 <laughs> or 40 times as a kid. Everything I saw, my parents would buy on VHS, and then we would watch it over and over. Yeah, and over again, as, so. as one does, and yeah. then it's just worn out, and then you get to those points where it's... <laughs> and then they become Legos, basically. You just make a little stack out and put your DVDs on. That's And that, that was always fun. Um... What were what were kind of um, you ever have any? I, I kind of like talking about uh, kind of cinematic rat holes, hmm. if you will. Is is there was there ever a time where something that kind of grabbed you and was just kind of forced you to like you, whether on your own will or not to, to just kind of delve into this? You ever had just oh, something yeah. where you're just like, okay, now that I've seen this, I got to look at, I got to eat as much as this as I can. Fight Club changed my life, <laughs> uh, and and. Not only in uh, the way that I thought about movies, but just everything the way I thought about my actual life. It introduced me to Buddhist philosophy and annihilism and uh, to all the infinite possibilities of humanity. 
uh, and also made me want to watch every movie that Brad put ever put out and every movie that David Fincher ever put out. And I still yeah. have seen. I mean, he's yet to put out a movie I haven't enjoyed. Um, a lot of people fight you in Alien Three for that, but I liked it. I don't. I don't hate Alien Three as much. It's as not as good compared to Alien Two, but you know, compared to Species Two, it's spectacular. <laughs> this is. I'd almost say compared to Species, which is almost. I, I saw Species not too long ago again. Yeah, and it was just like, oh, this doesn't really hold up. Did it not? <laughs> this does. When I was nineteen, I thought it was great. Oh yeah, but it's been a while since the. It's so much easier to get porn on the internet now. I guess Species is kind of dropped exactly. Off. I think that was another thing yeah. where, I, as as like an older person, I watched this just go. Like, Okay, now yeah. I remember why like thirteen year old Adam enjoyed this. Yeah. That makes a little bit more sense. <laughs> she was a lovely, lovely woman. But it's you know, it's it's the same thing. But no, yeah, I, I think yeah, Fight Club was definitely like a big giant turning point for me. It's not the one that felt like it was downloading directly into your brain. It was just uh, the editing style and the, the the visuals, the the use of the subliminal imagery. Mm-hmm. I had never seen anything and anybody take those kind of chances before. And and I, I mean like and I've talked about it on the show pre- previous times and stuff, but like like that going out of that like I was right in high school, and like I had uh, driven my brother up who was about two years younger, and um, we went in to see it and everything, and like we were just like walking back to the car after the show, everything was just quiet, and you know it was about halfway to the car, just looking at him, the fuck was that? Yep. <laughs> what did we just watch? Put that on the box. And it just and and the great part is is like when it came out on DVD, which is done a billion times now. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the biggest ballsiest things they ever did was like really uh, throw in a lot of the crappy reviews in there too for people to look at to really show that not everybody got this thing. No nominations at all. I think it got one for editing. And Maybe it's been a while. But I mean, no, no respect for that movie. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Roger Ebert just panned the shit out of that really? movie. He hated it. Yeah, really, did not care for it. There's some movies where you see it the first time, maybe you don't get it right away, but then you give it another chance and it gets better and better. Yeah, we Fight Club's to- definitely one of those. Yeah, because I was so wrapped up in the twist the first time I saw it that I missed three quarters of the imagery of, the, of what was important in the film. Right, uh, and then once I. Once you know what's going on, then you can really delve into the choices that the country. I, I I like movies that are like that, where it is kind of like a, you come back to it a little mm-hmm. bit later, and it can definitely change everything. Um, we, we were talking about Eli Roth before mm-hmm. uh, the show here, and like the first time that I saw Cabin Fever, I was like, "Fuck this movie! Fuck this! This is just terrible!" I don't know. So like, like I, I see all the stuff, and I'm like, "I see what you're doing here. You throw in the song from uh, Last House on the Left and stuff, and all this kind of like I see all of your little your little tricks that you're doing, and I'm not impressed by any of this shit." And then you know, I read a little bit about who he is, where he comes from with this shit, where Eli Roth comes from, and you know that his. That movie wasn't him, you know, ripping off these movies so much as it was his love letter to those mm-hmm. movies. Putting in the flavors, and and it absolutely and 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 I also didn't look at it as more of a. It's more comedic mm. than what it than what it kind of seems to be, you know, at, at first glance and everything. It's like, oh, there actually is a lot of funny stuff in this movie. You don't really realize if you go in and like that's a, like first time I hated American Psycho. Yeah, I hated it. Me too. I was just like, this movie sucks. This is terrible. I mean, none of this is just like, I don't know what kind of weird-ass vibe they're going I with here. scenes. There were so many, there were parts that I really connected with the first time, but the, as a whole, yeah, you just you walked away just feeling dirty. I was like, it's like I, Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights, I felt <laughs> horrible the first time I saw it. Now I think it's one of the best movies ever made, but the first time it just it ruined my whole day. Yeah. 
Yeah, there are there are those movies that yeah we were talking they're like about. Chili man, they're like chili. Is like they're, they're better the second day. Once once all the flavors gel, it's got to it's got to sit there for a little bit it and does. kind of have everything come together, and then it's okay. You need more information than you have the first. You time can't you finish see. that right in the pot and then eat it straight the second that you finished it. It's not nearly as good. Exactly. That's that a weird thing. I love that. I love that analogy. But that's I'm going to use that. Please do. The chili is going to happen. That's worth the trip. The Big Lebowski is another one. I hated the Big Lebowski the first time I saw it. Didn't understand it at all. Thought they completely dropped the ball. And now it's probably my third favorite movie. So I, I 15, like it. Look, I think I came across that the same way. I, I think I really disliked it the first time I saw it. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm still not a huge fan, but I like it more each time I see it. Yes. So, I mean, and, and I don't watch it nearly as often. But um, I, I think, you know. That's, it's a good that's, movie to watch with a group. Exactly. Who's already seen it before? There was just a period where I was working, where everybody was quoting Lebowski all the time, and I just hadn't seen it yet. And I went and I saw it in the theater, and just walked out. And, what the fuck was that? And then a DVD. And every single time, there's more layers. There's, it's it's the chili. There's more. There's... Okay. Now this this has led me down an interesting avenue. Okay. Um, what's a movie that you that it seems like everybody is just down with, and you're like, what the fuck? What what are we talking about? Mm. Let's see, overrated. I, I I don't know. I can't think of a single one off the top of my head. Um, I'm sorry, Adam. I I, I know it's. A, I, I, I just I wasn't even prepared that. for that because I don't know that I could answer right off the top of my head. But I, it was yeah. just like that is something where like you, I, there I, is I, something I, that I've you got hear. That thing where yeah, because like I said, everything I watch is because three people tell me it's great, and usually. But if somebody just yeah. it, okay, so two go great, and then you get yeah. a third. That's a piece of shit. Yeah. It's yeah, that is that is that off the table or are you still are oh, no, open for a third? I, I, people can dislike it too because people hated Fight Club. People hated. That's a good point. My, you know, I just need people to tell me use the word great. It's not a good movie. It's not okay. It's a great movie. Um, Boy, you would hate most of the movies that came out this summer. Yes, <laughs> I haven't given most of them a chance yet. I think all I've seen this summer is the Fury Road and the Avengers. Yeah, and, those, it's not a ton ton else worth seeing to be quite yeah. frank. And if there's anybody to let you know, it's the Film Find at filmfind.com. Yeah. <laughs> I'm plugging the show that we're on. How Excellent. does that make sense? If you like listening to this show, listen to this show. Do it again. Yeah. <laughs> There's another one right after this one. You can listen to it now. Chesney's on the one before this. Listen <laughs> Why to it again. Not? He's good. Uh, what What are kind of... Um, can you think... Can you... Can you cause it's, I know I have opinions on this, but I can't think of it right off the bat. Can you give me an example of something that uh, you saw that you thought people was People love Dune, and I don't know why. I don't get Dune. I hate Dune. I just I think it's boring. I think it's like a really shitty poor man's Star Wars. Didn't make it through. That's just like, I, I don't understand why people dig that movie at all. That was That's the, that's the most recent one that I can I think of. Time. I couldn't make it through Eraserhead. Eraserhead's the There's same way. There's a lot going on there. I just didn't get it. I, I it didn't resonate. I appreciate the the workmanship and yeah. the craftsmanship that goes into that movie. It's not something that I just go like, yes, this is what I... And a lot, a lot of Lynchian stuff... I'm going to say a lot of Lynch stuff is like that because Mulholland yeah. Drive, I fucking hated that movie. I still hate that movie. Yeah. Now, that's it's, it's still... I, I saw that one three times just because I was trying to figure out what the hell was going on. <laughs> trying to figure out who was dreaming what. And uh, you can't because it's a, a couple- whole bunch of garbled shit that he put together. And it's and, and admittedly, there was things that he shot for a television program slash really? television movie. Really? It's cobbled together horse shit that he finished at the end of the day. And it was just like, here's a movie I put together. Fuck you. No, you didn't. Yeah. You didn't write. You 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 took pieces of, you know, you, you saw a couple Legos sitting on the ground and you're just like, I can make a house out of this. Well put. But that, I took that one seriously because Naomi Watts took it so seriously. I was like, there's got to be something going on with this movie. She cares way too much 
about this performance. I'm missing the thing something. at the end and the bag and the stuff. I'm just, fuck that movie. Yeah, no, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you. No, thank you. And like, and I appreciate the performances, but I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of uh, Blue Velvet either. I mean, I like I like the the weirdness of it. Again, it's scenes. There's certain moments. Yeah, there's are... there's scenes that you're just like, oh, Hopkins is just like fucking chewing on scenery mm-hmm. here, and it's it, and I kind of dig it. But overall, at the end of the day, I mean, I finished it up, and it's just like, eh, I'm done. It's just a bummer. It's just a, it just makes you feel dirty. It's like uh, Requiem for a Dream. We were talking about that. That is a masterpiece. That is a perfect. It's like Fight Club in. That when you watch it, you are you are it. Yeah, you, it it goes inside of you instantly. You can't fight it. You're raped by that movie, and I have a hard time putting it. It's a spectacular film. It's perfectly made. I love the performances. I love all the actors. I love the director, but I, it's hard to watch. It's painful. No, it's it, it is, and there there are those movies that are just these things that are like great. I, I talk about this uh, this movie called Thirteen. Mm. Uh, great, great little flick about about young girls and stuff. And like my sister, she was probably maybe like sixteen, seventeen at the time that I saw it. Uh, so she was a little bit out of the area of the girls that are kind of in this movie. But man, oh man, if you got young girls and you watch that movie, that will fuck you up, son. Because you're just like, oh my god, the things that are out there that could that and the way that girls react to these oh. things. It is just like, it's frightening. And I'm just like, that was a fantastic movie. I never need to see it again. There's so many <laughs> things. You, once you let them in your head, you can't get them back out. <laughs> we are talking about Hostels the road. like that. Not yeah. The road, the hostel. Yeah. Some great movies, but you're just like, I need to rush out to see that again. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, watch The Princess Bride again. You watch The Princess Bride and uh, just... Colic Cleanser. <laughs> Keeps getting funnier every single time I see. Just grab a blanket and Beetlejuice just Beetlejuice was a very okay. big comedic influence, too. I forgot about that. I saw okay. that 40 or 50 times. You know, I mean, it was... And in, in, in I'm, I'm just a little bit younger, but I, I would say uh, the growing up, I mean, I loved the Beetlejuice cartoon. Yeah. Which... It wasn't nearly as, as dark or evil as the movie, but no, it was fun. No, as seeing as an adult, though, I, I got to say, this is another one. You ever go back and watch something that you watched as a kid, and you're yeah. just, what the fuck was I thinking? Yeah. <laughs> I went back, because on the Beetlejuice Blu-ray, there's a couple of episodes. Cool. And, you, and you're like, okay, I, fucking, I love this show as a kid. Let's, let's check it out. Let's do some... What the fuck were we... Thinking, didn't Back to the Future have a uh, have a series? There as was well? a, yeah, there was a short animated Back to the Future series. Mm. Uh, there, there was that, and uh, you know, I just they shouldn't do that. No, I mean there was a RoboCop animated series. Was it good? I remember liking it kind of, but again, it's one of those things that I'm sure that I saw it, you know, at, if I saw it now in my 30s, I would just be like, what is this garbage? Of course, I mean, okay, now let's get into that because this is good. This is going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Let me just say, other than the original RoboCop, I've never liked anything RoboCop. I'm going to, I'm like, and, and I've said it before, I, I don't particularly care for RoboCop. I love RoboCop. I, I understand why people like it. I just don't get it. It's just filthy and horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 time's version of hostile. It's it's like a, the cop is misdirection. It's just about how much the world sucks. Well, no, that's uh, that's what the movie should be called. <laughs> the world sucks. Part man, part machine. The world sucks. <laughs> I would I'd take that. But you were saying, I'm sorry. No, um, but what what are, do, do you have any of those other things that are just like uh, that that are kind of um, I, I guess well, I guess we kind of went down that road a little bit, but just movies that are what do you hate? Because everybody hates something. Yeah, now, I, I hate. <laughs> what's the what's the what's the last movie that very much? I know that especially with the nice philosophy that you have there about you know just seeing the good stuff. What's the last thing that you saw that you kind of revolted you a bit? That's just like why did I just waste my time on this? You know, I immediately dumped those memories. 
<laughs> it's soon, a smart move. As soon as I hate it, I, I let it go and I move on. I, I can't think. I mean, I just saw Funny Games uh, a couple weeks ago. Somebody said you have to see that and you can't unsee it. And that's just basically about uh, two young uh, boys torturing a family and murdering them. Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I felt immediately awful after that. Um, and I just felt like nothing was gained by watching it. It was perfectly made. It was uh, visceral. It had Noma Watts, had Tim Roth, brilliant mm-hmm. actors. Uh, but as a parent, I, I don't know, man. I just, I just didn't, didn't feel good. I like movies that make me feel good. Okay. Five, ten. Now, all right. So that that actually leads. I me... watched Revenge of the Sith again. I watched that. I gave it another chance. That was the last thing that revolted me. I would just, just. It's like it's so much of it's like the parts in porn where they're not having sex. <laughs> Every moment of dialogue in okay. that movie just, it just viscerally angry. Move it along. Yeah. What bitter? Why are we here yeah, now? No, just, it's, it's, oh, how can you screw? Oh God. One of my favorite actors, Naomi. Uh, uh, Natalie yeah, Portman's good in everything she's ever done except those and even those she's... I mean just phoning it in like oh. nobody's business and it's, it can't be her fault but that's the, that's the last movie I saw that made me angry yeah, I that could, was about three weeks ago I could see that yeah so uh, so this will lead me down this path then because you brought that up um, what is uh, you know, I, I don't have any kids what, 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 what is what if anything has having kids changed your perspective on movies or anything like that uh, the big the big change is other than what you watch. <laughs> yeah, well, no, it's not just well. I most of the time I spend I'm on the road, so I'm watching whatever I want to watch. And all right, uh, my 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 kids want to watch YouTube videos of people opening toys. They want to want they don't want to watch movies. I want to watch no matter how great the movie is. I can't get him to sit through Raiders. I can't get him to sit through Empire Strikes Back. Oh man, I keep trying. I keep trying, but he'll watch a guy playing Mario Kart for two hours. Um, that but, South Park but, episode, yeah, but you what, just don't know old What man. really changes is uh, the way that you relate to the characters. You start, when you're young, you relate to the kid. And then when you're an adult, you relate to the parents. Mm-hmm. And you start, like right now I'm watching The Sopranos again. And I haven't watched it since I had kids. It's a completely different show because I understand all of his motivations for taking care of his family. I start, start to see the big picture a lot differently. Right. Uh, and it's what, having kids is one of those things you can't unsee. It changes your perspective forever. So every movie that has children in it, it has parents at a Goonies, anything. I'm worried about the kids. I'm like, what the hell are they doing? Oh, my what? God. Could you, I mean, and, and they've been talking about for a while about doing a, a Goonies uh, sequel uh, with Richard Donner and everything. If they got Donner, they might be able to pull it off. But, I mean. But why mess with it? Yeah, no, no, no. Ultimately, I'd rather them not. But, you know, when you do, when you go back, I mean, even not being a parent now, just being an older adult, Walking back and like looking at this, and it's just like, oh, where, where, where are the adults in any of this situation? Where, where are the people that are in charge of these kids? They're just, I mean, like just the so absentee parentism in this entire movie. It's a horror it's movie. Just like everybody's just gone, and it's just like, meh. That's what happens to the kids. They're all busy with life. Don't have time. They're just, I like, I mean, that's almost the horror story of everything. Yeah. It's like that's where that, that needs to be an honest one of the those adults honest trailers. in that movie. Don't matter. That's what the movie's about to me. It's, adults don't matter. And then the adults that are there are the evil ones. Awful. <laughs> Setting fires, cheating at races, it putting is... people's hands in blenders. It's a nightmare. Oh Man, that God. movie holds up. It does. That's it still really great. holds we were up. Listening to me- the music's such a big part of that, too. We were listening to the music at the beginning of the, of the podcast. And that soundtrack is one of my all-time favorites. That just If you want to get up in the morning and you want to put a spring in your step, I highly recommend you put the Goonies soundtrack in as your, uh, as your alarm clock. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah, I, I can just see very much a kind of like, hey, all right. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. I'm going like to brush my teeth with purpose. It's like you're damn near on a mission when you just wake up in the morning. You're just exactly. like, I got to go do exactly. something now. Exactly. <laughs> 
so let's see. Um, what do you, what are kind of your favorite genres of film? What do you, what do you what's your kind of go to? I love heist movies. I love uh, dialogue heavy movies. I love uh, I, I, I like explosion movies. I, I want to either change the way I think about something, or I want to learn something about life, or I want to be completely just blown away and entertained for two and a half hours. Like like the Ultron and uh, Mad Max. There's yeah. Surely there's something to be learned there about humanity, but mostly you just sit there and everything goes away for a couple hours. Like, look at it. That's, that's bitching. <laughs> yeah. Pulp Fiction changes the way you think about everything, about every kind of relationship you can have. About uh, changes the way I thought about drugs. It was the first time I'd ever seen a character who I related to, who I cared about, who was high on drugs. And... You know, using them on screen, and it and didn't in seem a like a big deal. Too, it wasn't like, demonized. Yeah, it, exactly. It wasn't demonized and stuff. In in a lot of ways. Now, I've never done heroin. Me neither. But you know, there is. It was kind of a very you know how he portrayed that seemed very drug like. Mm-hmm. Was just like you know, I mean, weed doesn't quite do that to you, but it definitely no. mellows you out, and you have that kind of yeah. you know, a lot of fades in, a lot of fades. Little out. little bit of that, just kind of flying kind of sort of deal and mm-hmm. and that was that and so but uh you're right it was it was um uh, you know what what is by society's you know standards a horrible act is mm-hmm. depicted in in quite a sexy way it is it's shown to you and you're just like hey look at this bitching thing that you're not doing <laughs> i i like to question my values i like to i like a movie that changes the way i think about things yeah um and i got to well i was going for someplace but i totally forgot and that's you know we're talking about heist movies too I'm a big david oh. mamet fan yeah, know. well, I mean, Wait, yeah, especially if you love yeah. dialogue-heavy stuff, yeah, yeah. Mammoth is, is is the place to go. Absolutely. Glenn Gary Glenn Ross is that's still one of my to listen in the car. Favorite. Yeah, exactly. That is one that absolutely you can just record that, press play, and then that just be your trip right there. You don't even need to see anything. I, I mean, do, if you've seen it once, you've you've got it. It's it's anytime I'm working in your head. with the feature horizon, seeing it, I'll put it on in the road trip. Another comic is called a feature. Sometimes the opening <laughs> for those of you listening at home who are film buffs and not comedians. But uh, no, so yeah, absolutely. That 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 certainly works. Now, if you like heist movies, I always kind of like do. to tell people this. Uh, there, there's a great heist film that is like uh, one of the one of the early heist films uh, called Rafifi. It's a French film, and is when you watch this, you're just like, this is fucking Ocean's Eleven over here. This is like, and there's like there is such a large swath of the movie that has no dialogue, that has no music. Really? It is just them fucking doing a diamond heist. Really? That's it. And it is just like, you don't even, you don't even need to do anything. You just sit back and then, like, we watched it in film school. And, like, I just, that was one of the things that always bugged me. Because, like, I could just, I could, you ever had that thing where you're in with other people and you can just feel people not digging what's going on? Definitely. And you're just like, and you want to just stand up and what the fuck is wrong with you people? Mm-hmm. Why don't you get it? This is amazing. You are all shitting on this great event that is happening right now, and and, and that was one of them where it was just like I could feel people getting bored, and I'm like, are you out of your mind? This is one of the most intense things ever, and the fact that they don't score anything, you're just hearing soundtrack and people's kind of facial reactions towards each other, and it is fucking. Great. Sounds like the opposite of Reservoir Dogs. So if you got like, if you got, I, I'm fairly right. certain. I mean, it's 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 on Criterion, so it's probably on Hulu Plus. If if I would I would imagine, uh, but if not, uh, I'll, I'll find a way. I know a guy who knows a guy who can get it illegally. <laughs> knows a guy who knows a guy. Yeah, who knows from a, a thing. I, I couldn't tell you who that guy was directly if interviewed, but uh, you know, yeah, there's there's a guy who knows. But a they guy. exist. Yeah, in, in one shape. Ma- Michael Internet, I believe. Michael. Is his name. <laughs> yeah, Michael Internet is if, if I had to Google him. 
I've had to put a name on it. It's Michael yeah. Internet. I'll find Rafifi. <laughs> but uh, def- definitely a good time there. Sounds like a kitten doing a diamond heist. Rafifi. <laughs> Just Come on, bring me the diamonds. Batting Come things. Come on. It's the cutest diamond heist ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, so where do you... Um, what? Okay, the future of movies. What do you? I mean, as as someone who's on the road enough, how often? I mean, I look say so. You don't go to the movies too often, but I watch a movie almost every day. But Just it's it's got to be something yeah. that needs to be. I spend there. a lot of time uh, lying on my back with my laptop on my stomach and headphones on. So I try I try to watch a quality movie or a good TV show every single day. Where do you want to see things go? I mean, what do you what do you what do you hope happens, or is it just kind of one of those things where you kind of want to sit back and just. Do you just want to be surprised? Well, I think that uh, big budget movies, it's, there's, there's going to be like three basic prongs. It's going to be Ultron, it's going to be the Avengers, it's going to be big, big explosion movies. And then it's going to be movies, independent films that are, as the technology gets better and better, and anybody can really speak something that's in their voice, mm-hmm. where they don't have to deal with the studio, where they don't have to deal with the advertising, where people are going directly. If I want to watch a movie about comedians, I want to watch a movie about magicians, they'll be... <clears throat> really good movies made about specific things that resonate with us. And I, you're absolutely right. And I think that's a big thing. And, and um, I, I love the real documentary renaissance that we're in right now. I mean, you know, like I was, I was talk with people and I'm like, you know, 40 years ago, documentary was a dirty word. No one fucking wanted to watch a documentary. They're old, they're stodgy, they're boring. They're about subjects that no one gives a shit about. Um, and politics or no, I mean, Michael Moore in the last, you know, 15 years has really kind of brought the documentary back to, uh, you know, a, a big place of prominence and has really started to kind of elevate, you know, the, the art and craft of that to where it wasn't something that you feel like you were, you know, forced to watch during a social studies class. Mm-hmm. And it's about a thing like, well, him, I mean, Errol Morris, too, is going to get plenty of credit. But, you know, I mean, as far as like from a popular standpoint, I think overall. Errol Morris. Well, you know, Thin Blue Line, things like that. Oh. Uh, there's sh- Tabloid, I think, is out probably on Netflix right now, so that's the easy one you can get. The, the cool part about him is, uh, like, he pioneered this thing that is essentially, um, I say pioneered, it's the idea he pioneered. I don't want to say the technology he necessarily pioneered. But the way he sets up interviews is pretty cool um, because he, he'll just sit a camera right in front of the subject and basically on a teleprompter, then has a camera that is facing him, mm-hmm. and then his video feed goes into the teleprompter. So when the person ah. is doing the interview, they're making looking straight contact. at the con- at, at the at the camera, making eye contact, thus bringing the the viewer in, thinking that the subject is then talking to them. That's really interesting. So I mean, like he was he pioneered that kind of thing. So like it's it's interesting and off putting in a weird way with his movies. Is where it's a little it's bit just too like, intimate. So Sometimes yes and sometimes no. I mean, it works well enough, but it is kind of like when somebody's staring down the barrel, you do feel like you're getting a very intimate kind of, uh, you know, especially with whatever subject that they're telling you about. It just it feels like they're they're talking to you, and it's it, it does well. I'll check them out. I, I don't watch many documentaries. I don't watch reality television. I have too much reality in my real life. <laughs> I, I like my movies to be completely made up. Same thing with wrestling. I prefer professional wrestling to, to MMA because people are really trying to hurt each other in MMA. <laughs> and in wrestling, they're just trying to put on a good show. I can see. Yeah. It's just a weird denial I have. <laughs> it's not real. It's not real. Nothing's real. Yeah, just, try and, <laughs> just close your eyes and make to, pretend it'll all go away. Keep myself happy. <laughs> well, is there anything else that you kind of just movie-wise that you want to maybe touch on? What's maybe something 
ever blow what what's anything blow your socks off or piss you off? <laughs> I can't think of a single thing. I'm sorry. Adam. That's a, no no no. It's, that's basically you know just throwing something out there. Who knows? Like I said, the structure of the show is still yet to be 100 <laughs> percent found. So if anybody goes, this is too loose. It's not. It's not. Then go fuck yourself because I'm just doing this. We're know, experimenting. Experimental We're kind on of the thing, razor's man. edge. You know, if you if you got pissed that I was talking about uh, David Lynch in a bad way, you can understand that this is very David Lynchian, and that we're just kind of we're just seeing where shit rolls, man. You know, he makes fucking documentaries about rabbits. Does he? He he's the weirdest cat you've ever seen in your entire life. Just go and just I've go. I've only YouTube, seen five or six of his movies. Go YouTube right? some. Just YouTube him yeah. talking. Okay. It is just he's a he's a bizarre cat. He just. I fucking like, is. I he's, like he, I, he he is he's a he's amongst that company. I would love, to, and I think that's the future. I think weirdos are going to have a direct pipe to the to the public. And yeah, they're getting there. <laughs> I would love to see like him and like 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 a dinner party with like him and like Vincent Price mm. and uh, just I, I don't I don't know why those two were the first ones that came to mind. And like I could probably pick another handful of people just to have like a really weird ass dinner party. John Favreau. <laughs> Favreau hosts it yeah. to <laughs> to talk to everyone, and he's kind of the ringmaster oh, for everything. holograms. Did you ever see Dinner for Five? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's spectacular. And that's that's one of those things where it's just like, why why is there more stuff like like this? Uh, but that that's it. Uh, yeah. So uh, thanks for coming out. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Love yeah. movies. So uh, tell people where they can find find you on the internet Absolutely. and all kinds of stuff. Uh, my website's very easy to remember. It's www.screwtheamish.com. <laughs> I still and always love that. It's not because I hate the Amish. I just want to see how long it takes for them to find out. Uh, Nineteen years so far, no problems. I'm on Facebook. I'm under Johnny Melwater, and you could be too. Boom. Uh, so that's it, everybody. That's our, uh, you know, kind of second uh, interview episode here. If, if you dig these things, uh, why don't you just drop us an email, thefilmfind at gmail.com. Or if you'd like to come on either, you know, in studio here or over Skype or whatever, just, uh, you know, throw me a line. If, let's, let's, let's talk some fucking movies, man. That's what, that's what all mm-hmm. the, we're here for. Uh, so that is it. Uh, listen to my other podcast, Here Movie Podcast at HearMoviePodcast.com. And, of course, reach us back here for our regular episodes on the Film Find, uh, usually dropping on Tuesdays, more or less. But uh, we watch everything here, just <laughs> so mostly you don't have to. So that is it for Johnny Millwater. I'm Anna Portress. Take it easy, everybody. Wow.